You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Come with me in your Bibles because we've only got a few minutes and I preached last week at San Marcos and I had four points and only got through one, Felicia. One point, yeah. Now you're meant to be surprised. You're not meant to... All right, so come with me. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. The title of my message tonight is Awaken the Blacksmiths. Awaken the Blacksmiths. If you're doing the one-year Bible, you will realize this was in our uh, quiet time today, but it just I thought that's what I'm going to preach tonight. So 1 Samuel 13 verse 19 says, Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout the entire land of Israel. Let me read that again. For there was no blacksmith. If you went to blacksmith school, you just wasted four years. There's no job for you. There's no need for you. There's like all the blacksmiths were unemployed. They're doing different things now. They're no longer blacksmithing. Many of them, many of them had gone into doing manicures and pedicures. Possibly. I can't prove that from the scriptures, but there there was no blacksmith. (laughs) There was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel for the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make swords or spears. But all the Israelites would go down to the Philistines to sharpen each man his plowshare, his mattock, his axe, his sickle. And the charge for sharpening was a pen for the, uh, for the plowshares, the mattocks, the forks, and the axes, and to set the points of the goad. So it came about on the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan, but they were found with Saul and Jonathan, his son. I just want you to know when we moved to San Diego, when we came here, uh, there there were three very, very distinct assignments that I felt the Lord give me. Three very distinct assignments. The first one was to empower women that I that that I knew what what rested on my bride but I remember the first time Leanne preached in church I felt like you know it's about time our congregation hear from mama of the house every healthy home has a papa voice and a mama voice and, uh, and so the church is the house of God. So you should have the father's voice and the mother's voice. And, and I remember Leanne getting up to preach and, and there were men who turned their chairs and sat with their backs because they, they were protesting silently that a woman shouldn't preach in church, that a woman shouldn't have authority. You know, if she wants to learn anything, let her sit in silence and ask her husband at home. And they, they can tell you, show you the scriptures. Now, let me just tell you, just because someone quotes a scripture doesn't make them right. Because the devil quotes scripture, but he ain't right. He ain't right in here. He ain't right in here. He ain't right anywhere. But he quotes scripture. So, so when we read those scriptures, when we read this two, two lots, one in Corinthians and the other one in Ephesians, uh, both of those are written to, to Gentile nations. They're written, they're written to Christians in... in uh, First one in Ephesus and another one in Corinth, which is in Greece. In, all of, in both of those things, they had something in common. All the deities were female. 
all the deities, all the gods that they worship were female gods. So when they would come to the ecclesia, to the marketplace, to, to, to the place where ideas were exchanged because the Greeks believe that the, the woman is more powerful than the man because she decides whether the man gets to have sex or not. So they exalted the, the women above the men. Just thought I'd throw that out there. It was, thank you for that response. But uh, <laughs> so, so, so it was an inversion that ended up a perversion. So the women would argue. The women would yell out. The women would shout down. And so the men in, in those places, the men in those places were, uh, were subdued and emasculated. So when Paul's writing to Timothy, who's in Ephesus, Paul, Paul, Paul has sent Timothy. He's only in his early 20s. Some Bible scholars say about 23 years of age. And when he's preaching, the women are yelling out and they're interrupting him and they're contradicting. And so Paul writes to him to say, hey, listen, you know, in a church, the woman needs to be silent. She needs to be in submission. And let's set this thing right. If she wants to know or understand, she needs to sit with her husband at home and come into, right, where she's, and so, but it's amazing how in the 21st century, people can take scriptures out of context. So that was the first one. The second one that God said to me was to not be afraid to talk about money. Not to be afraid to talk about money. Because how many people know everybody has money, uh, everybody wants more money, and everybody needs to deal with money. And the only verse that Jesus says, you, you cannot serve both, is God and money. He didn't say you can't serve both God and the devil. He didn't say you can't serve both God and Baal. He didn't say you can't serve both God and yourself. He says you can't serve both God and mammon. So he, he doesn't just talk about money, he talks about a spirit of mammon. Mammon is, is, is a spirit where money controls you. Mammon is a spirit where money controls you. How do you know if money is your servant or if money is your master? Because remember, Jesus said, you can't serve both God and money. So again, you know, people that don't like to think said, well, you know, we should serve God and have nothing to do with money. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say have nothing to do with money because Jesus spoke more about money than he spoke about heaven or hell. It just says don't, you, you can't serve God and money. So what's the answer? It's very simple. We serve God, but we make money serve us. Money is in its correct position in your life when it is your servant. It is, it, is, it is usurping God's divine order when it is your master. How do you know if money is your master or your servant? It's very, very simple. Very simple. If money is telling you what you can and can't do, you're the servant. Here comes the offering basket. You know, I, I like what Pastor Rudy said. I, I think I'm going to be generous. And then money's like, hey, 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 what are you thinking? I heard Pastor Rudy, and I thought, hey, 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 get that stupid idea out of here. You need me. What are you going to do after church? Well, I was going to go and eat. Yeah, how are you going to pay for it? Oh, yeah, that's right. I wasn't. And then your, your, your gas is low in your car. Oh, sorry, money. I don't even know what I was thinking. You're a great master. No, 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 no. There are days we just need to say, hey, money, hey, money, money, 
money right now. All I hear is this. You know, you need to talk to the hand. The ears aren't listening. I'm going to put you. Sometimes you just need to double down on an offering just to just to sh- just to put money back in its place. Now watch this. If money is your master, it will always be repelled from you. When money is your servant, it will always be attracted to you. The reason the devil wants money to have power over people is because he never wants you to have enough. The people that money is their God, they never have enough. They live with an insatiable quest, an insatiable lust, driven by greed, and enough is never enough. And they will betray brother, they will betray husband, Father, mother, they'll betray business partners. They will ruin all kinds of relationships because money is their master. Money is never meant to be your master. It's meant to be your servant. And there's only one way to make sure that money remains your servant. Give. Every time you give, you say, money, money, hey, let me just tell you, I tell you where to go. You're going to go and help us with the orphanages that we have in Tijuana. You are going to help us with Rosarito. You are going to help money. Come come here, come here, money, money. No, no, shut up. I don't care about, no, I don't care. I don't care what you're saying. Listen, tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go down to Peru with the eight villages that we support down there. Money, come here, come here. We're also giving towards the, the, the hospital that we just built in Ghana. When, when, when you tell money what to do, when you, every time you give, you break the spirit. Now watch this. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. Why did he say that? He said that because he was trying to let you in on a principle, a kingdom principle that the way to break the spirit of mammon is to give. As soon as you give, it will be given to you. Did you know the Bible says that God gives seed to the sower? It doesn't say that, hey, now that God has given you seed, you might want to think about sowing. That's not what it says. It says that God gives seed to the sower. So in other words, as soon as you become a sower, God redirects the resources where all of a sudden you have more seed. You will find, here's a, here's a pattern that, that, that uh, Pastor Rudy was saying, every single person that tithes can afford to. And all the people that don't can't afford to. Yeah, exactly. I wish you'd shut up. The people that tithe, who do, they can afford to. I can't afford to. That's why I don't tithe. No, 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 you don't understand. The people that tithe can afford to. Yeah, so will you quit it already? They can afford to. I can't afford to. No, 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 you don't understand. The people who tithe can afford to. And the people that withhold what is right. The Bible says there's one who scatters and yet increases more. There's one who withholds what is right and it leads to poverty. So, so number one, the women. Number two, so let me just tell you. When I shared this at a conference before we were starting the church, oh, these pastors took me aside and they said, Pastor, yeah, we, we, we appreciate your zeal, but no one's going to come. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing, people want to hear the truth. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Listen, I, I would love to tell you 
that I'm so smart that <laughs> this little book, well, I guess it, it can help in certain circumstances. My life was a freaking mess. Living, I've, I met Jesus Christ on a beach. I was a mess. I would have ruined every relationship. I would have ruined every dollar that came into me. I, I was a mess. And then this book, when, when I started reading it, when I got saved, I'm like, my God. Why don't they teach this in school? What the? And it began to put my life together. It put my finances together, put my family together, put my marriage together, put my thinking together, this word. And so then God sends me to San Diego and there's all this pressure from within the church of, hey, hey, just, just dumb this thing down and people will come. I'm like, well, hang on, no, no, if they come, they're gonna stay in bondage, they're gonna stay in fear. And so then the third one, because time's gone, the third one was they said, and whatever you do, don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Don't talk about the Holy Spirit because how many people know that He freaks people out? You know, we're building a church, but we're hiding God, God. Are you, are you moving again? What if we told you, get behind, get behind the curtain. Holy Spirit, if people see you, you're going to turn them off. Oh. There was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel. We are a Holy Ghost church because the Holy Spirit is the empowerer of His people. He's not only the empower of his people, but he's the distributor of gifts. The gifts of the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is what is giving the church power. It's interesting that that the, the Hebrews, they weren't allowed to have swords or spears, they weren't allowed to have weaponry. Weaponry meant that they were able to not only take territory, but they were able to protect the territory they were taken. The number one thing in, in over 30 years now of ministry that I found is how many Christians have lost ground. They've lost ground in their marriage. They've lost ground in their morality. They've lost ground in their faith. They've lost ground in their hope. They've lost ground in their health. They've lost ground in their finances. They've lost ground. And the, the number one reason why they've lost ground is because there are no blacksmiths. Stand up, Pastor Mike and Katie. Pastor Mike and Katie Yeager, may I turn around so everyone can see you. May I introduce to you the blacksmiths Smiths of East Bay. Stand up, Pastor Stacy. Pastor Stacy is a blacksmith. You know what a blacksmith does? A blacksmith ching, ching, forges weaponry and then gives it into the hands. These guys are here to equip you, to empower you, so that you got weapons to take back everything the enemy's told. That you got weapons that you can go to battle. You got weapons that you can fight for your marriage. You can fight for your family. You can fight for your mental and emotional health. You can fight for your children. You can fight for your finances. That they were allowed to. They were allowed to have a matics. They're allowed to have an axe. They're allowed to have a sickle. That, see, they were allowed to go and work the fields. But if they wanted it sharpened, they had to go down to the Philistines and pay the Philistines to sharpen the axes. They were dependent on the world around about them. One of the reasons we have an internship program is because I've seen what the world does I've seen what the world does. It, 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 it takes people through degrees where they teach them that there is no God. And so they, they, they graduate with, with degrees in this, but, but they miss 
the God factor. Let me just tell you, all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. Science is the studying and the discovering, the, the knowledge, the knowing, the getting to know the laws of God. Newton, when, when the apple hit him on the head, what goes up must go. They, 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 discover the, they discovered laws of motion, laws of physics, that, that, that speed is, is velocity, uh, velocity is time over distance. The time is velocity over distance. That all these laws, all these laws come into play because God created this magnificent world, but the people in the world have decided they've won an education system without God. So, so we're, we're, we're determined, we're going to raise up the best people. I was talking to somebody recently and they said, we love hiring interns. Back then it was C3, now it's Awaken interns because they're the hardest working. They, got the great, they, got the, they always come with a smile. They're faithful, they're punctual, they're on time, they honor leadership. They're just incredible. We can't get enough of them. There's something different in our internship program because we, we wrote it to equip and empower people for the work of God. I want you to know that the greatest thing that you've done is turn up to church, turn up to the house of God because whenever you come into this, house let me tell you there are blacksmiths every time somebody gets up whether it's a pastor Mark here whether it's a pastor pastor the handsome Rudy the Mexican cutie whoever is standing in this platform Felicia whoever is standing in this platform when they are preaching to you they are designing to sharpen your weapons to sharpen your sword to sharpen your spear every single one of us have a Goliath every single one of us have a battle that we're facing I was sitting with, with uh, one of our special forces guys and, and uh, he'd been in Northern Africa and uh, Sudan and, and it was just crazy. And that they sent him there to, to basically uh, be part of a security curtail for one of the ambassadors that was there. And he noticed that, uh, that not only was there ISIL and Al-Qaeda, but there was a number of other factions. And he said... It, it almost didn't matter which region you went to. There was somebody different. There was a different, you know, like we have drug lords. There was like these different warlords in charge of different areas. And I said, well, man, like, like what determines who's in charge of what? And th these guys, they just think on another level, the special forces guys. And I'll never forget, he said this to me. He said, our oh, pastor, he says, you know, authority always flows to whoever has the most weapons. Authority always flows to whoever has the most weapons. If you travel just across the border, there are, there are areas in, in Mexico where the federales are not in charge because the cartels rule that entire region because they have garnered weaponry that the, 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 the feder, federales are, are not even able to have Illegally, these guys have got them from Russia and from the Middle East. They've got these weapons. And because they've got more weapons, they're the ones in authority. How clever of the devil. Let's get the church to back up from the Holy Spirit. Let's get the church to back up from the gifts of the Spirit. Let's get the church to back up from praying in tongues. Let's get the church to back up from laying hands on the sick. Let's get the church to back up from... Pro because the devil knows that authority flows to whoever has the weapons. So, so you can't drive down... Uh, you can't drive down San Diego and not see psychic... <laughs> 
palm reading, tarot cards. So the devil knows if he can just back up the church and then, but we're here to make a difference. We're here to awaken the blacksmiths. You wanna be a blacksmith, get into the internship program. But I'm telling you, God wants to equip you and empower you. Two, two scriptures to finish in the one second I've got left. Acts 1 verse 8 says, Jesus said this. The disciples said to Him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus, listen, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons the Father has set in His own authority, but it is for you to receive power. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Just as John baptized in water, in a few days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, there came a sound of heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole room where they were seated. And they divided to them tongues as of fire. And one alighted on each one of them. And then they began to speak in other tongues as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. Jesus wants a church filled with power. The devil knows that authority flows to whoever whoever has the most weapons. He wants the, the world weaponized and the church weak. Do you know that every dictator, every single dictator, Pol Pot, Idi Amin, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mogadishu, every single dictator, when they come in, the first thing they do is they disarm the populace. Why do they disarm the populace? It's about gun safety. Really? That's what they, that's what they portend to you. It's about the fact that they know that there is a law in place that authority will flow to whoever has the most weapons. God wants you to have power. Power so that you're worship leading. And you look across and sitting on the balcony on the right is a man with five children. The doctors have said, we can no longer do any more with medical science. His body is so filled with tumors that all these lymph nodes are filled with cancer. And I look over and I see him standing next to his wife and his wife is weeping. They've got five little ones. And the word of the Lord comes to me as I'm worship leading. Call him over and prophesy over him. So I call him over and I'm prophesying and then the word of the Lord comes to me and says tell him he will live he will not die so to say hang on God I really like my job I'm not sure if you've studied the medical records or heard what the doctors have said but it's pretty much game over and they stone prophets I don't want to be a false prophet and God the word of the Lord came to me again Prophesy, you will live, you will not die. I'm looking at a man whose body is, but I just thought I'm going to be obedient because there were no blacksmiths in Israel. But the church that I belong to said, excuse me, they said, fooey to the devil. We're going to have blacksmiths. We're going to empower people. We're going to prophesy. 
So I prophesied and I said, you will not die, you will live. And the second time I said, you will not die, you, the power of God hit him, picked him up. He went flying backwards through the air, landed on his back, was out for the rest of service. Today, that man is still alive in New Zealand, completely cancer free. The prophetic, I get called into a hospital and there's a, it's a little boy with a tumor and the tumor is bulging from, the, from his back. You can see it in his back. It's the, the size of a, a softball. And it's, it's attached to his hip, it's attached to his kidneys, it's attached to, it goes up into his, his lung and into his liver. And it's so large that the doctors feel that they would end up killing him if they were to operate. They'd end up cutting into vital organs. The family's crying, they were not a church going family. But it was one of our, our, our Navy SEALs asked me, would I pray for this family? So I said, absolutely, I'll pray. I thought, oh God, I gotta, I gotta get some power here. The gift of tongues is the gift that unlocks all the gifts of the Spirit. So I said, listen, I've just met you. I said, you, you know, I've got a funny name. And they're like, yeah, Pastor Jer Jer Jerkin? Jer Jer I said, it's Jerkin. I was born in Jerkin. I said, listen, would it freak you guys out? Would it freak you guys out if I prayed for your little boy? He's only like two. I said, would it freak you out if I prayed for him in, in, in German? And they're like, oh, uh, they were desperate. They're like, well, no, no, no. I said, oh, thank you, thank you. Can I just ask you one more question? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, if it's not German, but it's just another language, is that cool too? <laughs> now, they're, now they're looking at, at the guy who brought, like, who is this? And because uh, I knew I needed to get God. So I just started because the Holy Spirit said to me, this kid needs power. Listen, yeah, I'll tell you what he doesn't need, Lord. We just ask that you would just. The Bible says, if anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders, anointing with oil. And the elders praying over him the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith, not the prayer of sincerity. The prayer of sincerity is, Lord, we just ask that you would just, that's sincere, no power. Are you saying it's not sincere? No, I just said it's sincere. I'm just saying it doesn't have any power. If I'm struggling one day, I don't want sincere prayers. I want power prayers. When you're hanging between life and death, God bless the sincere prayers. Like, let them have a little sincere prayer meeting, but bring the power people in. Bring the, bring the. You carry some power, bring them in. Bring them in. So I'm praying in tongues. For about two minutes, it's awkward. Like the nurse is coming in, she's coming back out, then the nurse and the doctor comes in. There's some guy speaking in, you know, funny languages. And I'm like, oh dear God. And I can just imagine God in heaven just going, Gabriel, Gabriel, Michael, stop. Put your half down. Look at this. Look at what I'm doing. That's yours. He does what I tell him. He's awesome. He loves me because I just do whatever he tells me. Because I'm not that smart. I'm not that smart. So I'm just praying. And then all of a sudden, I feel like fire in my hands. I felt like the Holy Ghost fell. And I lay my hand on the tumor. 
and he's, his mum's cuddling him and he starts squealing like this. And I just put my hand up and I could literally feel the tumor. The next day I get a phone call and Jeff goes, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. Which is really interesting because they tell a pastor, you're not going to believe this. Like my job is. Anyway, I said, oh, what? He goes, you're not going to believe this. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. The tumor, which was the size of a softball, overnight shrunk to smaller than a golf ball. It's completely detached from all of the organs. They're going to make a little incision and remove it. I've got photos on my, my laptop where the family keeps sending me photos of him fishing. He's a great little fly fisher. He, he, he rides motocross bikes and does, does quad on the sand dunes with his dad. No cancer. There were no blacksmiths in Israel. I honestly believe that one of our assignments at Awaken Church is to awaken the blacksmiths. To awake. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. Lift your hands higher to heaven. I'm going to have the ministry team come forward in a moment. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, tongues is the key. The Bible says when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues. You're like, yeah, I don't really want tongues. I want healing. Man, oh, I want miracles. You get all of them. You get all of them. It's like when my mother-in-law comes to stay. I'm like, how many bags did you? She brings all of them. You're here for a week and she's got like nine bags. The Holy Spirit's the same. When He moves in, He brings all nine gifts. He doesn't just come with one. He comes with all nine. But the key that unlocks all the nine gifts is tongues. That's why it's the first one. Because it takes the disconnect from your mind to the stepping out in your spirit. Every prophecy, I've got to disconnect the mind, my natural mind, put on the mind of Christ and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says and speak that. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. I thank you for a fresh oil, a fresh anointing, fresh power resting on them, fresh power resting on your sons and daughters. And this is what I hear, Chris Brown, Dr. Lisa Dunn. There's a number of... of, of marketplace, businessmen, businesswomen, and the Lord would say the Holy Spirit is not just a, a religious spirit in church. He's an empowering spirit for the marketplace. He will give you insight. He will give you counsel. He will give you wisdom. He will give you power. He will give you favor. You can drive out the demonic. You can usher in the godly. You can loose the angelic. You can see things flourish. Everything under your hand shall prosper. I thank you, Father, for an increase. Thank you. I hear the Holy Spirit right now. Right now, there's a number of people with crippling debt. I hear the Holy Spirit saying He's going to be canceling debt. Who are those ones? Just, just give me a wave of your hand. Father, I thank you right now. We see debt cancellation, 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 debt cancellation this year, this year, this year, this year. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for breakthrough financial, breakthrough financial, breakthrough.
breakthrough, financial breakthrough. If you need financial breakthrough, just reach up, just reach up. The blacksmith is in the house. He's putting weapons in your hand. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the tearing down of strongholds, demolishing arguments, tearing down, casting down vain things, bring every thought to the captivity of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you right now, right now, people who are struggling in their marriage, struggling, I just see relational battles. God is gonna give you the weaponry to, to drive out the enemy, drive out the enemy. And I, I really feel this one. If there's somebody here and you have a son or a daughter who's away from God, raise your hand. If you're around one of these people with, the, with their hands raised, Go, go and stand. Go and stand with these people. Go and stand with these people. Father, we call back every prodigal. We call back every prodigal. We declare every son, every daughter come is under the covering of the mama or the papa. The Bible says that salvation comes to you and your household. So devil, we rebuke you now in the name of Jesus Christ. We come against spirits of deception. We come against spirits of rejection. We come against every lying, deceiving spirit, and we break your grip over their lives. Father, I thank you right now that they are loosed from addictions. I see them loose. I see some of them living with shame, just living with shame. And the devil has whispered to them, you can't go back to the house of God. What you've done is so heinous. What you've done is so shameful. What you've done, I break that spirit. We declare that Jesus Christ died on a cross, shed His blood to wash away all our sin, all our transgression transgression and all our shame in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you right now, right now for salvation and restoration. I hear the word restoration, restoration, restoration. We declare prodigals coming home. We declare rest. And for many of you, what's going to happen is the restoration with you will precede the restoration with God. And then for others, the restoration with God with God will precede the restoration with you. Don't, don't, don't be too, too concerned which way it goes, which way it goes. Sometimes they're going to connect with God and then they're going to connect with you. Others, they're going to connect with you and then they're going to connect with God. But I just see reconciliation, reconciliation, restoration, reconciliation. It's what God does. It what, it's what God does. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.